Good evening. We are uh, going to continue our study on the uh, resisting Satan, which is our arch enemy, as we know. If you don't know, we're going to learn more about that tonight. Our lesson tonight is our adversary. Um, that's how we. That's what we named the lesson that we're going to be in First Peter chapter five, mainly uh, verses five eight through nine. First Peter chapter five, verses eight through nine. And uh, I gotta, I gotta be um, direct tonight and uh, say that I really, really needed this lesson tonight. I really need to understand more of how Satan is not only wanting to discourage us, but he wants to destroy us. Uh, it's not uh, he's he's attempting that every day of our lives as God's people, and uh, those that aren't God's people. And I think Peter gives us a lot of encouragement tonight, a lot of warnings that we need to heed. Uh, Just really good, I don't know any more better practical advice of how to think of Satan, how to resist Satan, and uh, how to uh, prepare ourselves to be um, faithful and dedicated to Christ till death in 1 Peter chapter 5. So I like... To uh, begin, it's on. What are you looking at? <laughs> He's over there. It's a little bit too far away. Is it? Yeah. All right. Thank you, Dad. Let me pull it up here. Okay, okay. we're good. There you go. Okay, thank you. Uh, let, let's look at the text together and let's dissect it a little bit tonight. Uh, be sober-minded. Be watchful. Your adversary, there's that word. The devil prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. Resist him. Resist him. Firm in your faith. Knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. And after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace who has called you to eternal glory in Christ will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. Now, we know that Paul is writing this to Christians that are going through a lot of suffering, not just physically. If it was just physical, we wouldn't have this part of, uh, of the letter that we're looking at tonight, but also spiritually. So, I just want to begin tonight for us to understand, or to be reminded, rather, of how dark how evil, uh, we've never, as I said before, we, I don't think we've ever had an evil thought. We've never, marriages haven't been challenged. Uh, sin has not been in this world without the help and without the assistance and without Satan being involved in some form or fashion. And so tonight we, we just need to be aware of the enemy more. We need to be aware of some of his uh, craftiness. Uh, there's, again, he's, he's the adversary, unlike anything we have in this world. Anything. He's in it to fight to win. <laughs> 
Satan is trying, striving to win. Now, we know as God's people, the bigger picture that Christ has won. We've won the war. Christ is, is superior, God's superior. He's a creation. He was expelled from heaven. All these things that, that we know. But Peter says tonight some very, very, um, I think, encouraging things. So there's really two points to the lesson. And we're going to ask, uh, we're going to look at some questions tonight. I'm going to propose to us to understand this text a little deeper. Uh, two points, be alert <laughs> and be steadfast. Be alert and be steadfast. Those are the two main points that uh, we want to look at tonight. So... I, I sent out a few questions, and this is the first question I just want us to, uh, to ponder. Knowing the author of this letter, this letter here, uh, this text tonight, what, what, what is it in the life of Peter, looking at his life and his struggles with sin, like all of us have, what is it about Peter that maybe makes this passage, this text more impactful? It does for me anyway. I'm asking that question. What, what, is, what, what are the events in Peter's life? Tell me some things about Peter. And I think that helps us understand this text a little better of why he, he can say these things. Of course, being inspired. And he can say these things because of personal experience that Peter has been through. So tell me some things about Peter uh, personally that we read from Scripture that would help us understand why he's really saying very carefully to, to be very careful, to be alert. Be alert. Yes, ma'am. He did not Christ. He did? You know, it, it, that, that's kind of a sad statement. You know, the first thing we think about Peter is what? <laughs> he denied Christ three times. I don't know anybody in this room that hasn't done that. But that, that's kind of the way he's defined, isn't it? By failure. Not faithfulness. Big difference there. But you're right. He did deny Christ three times. What else do we know about Peter? The first thing. Yes, sir. Jesus called him Satan. He couldn't control his tongue and let his emotions get the better of him. Yet he allowed his emotions to get the better of him. Satan told him on one occasion that Satan desires to what? <laughs> to sift him as wheat. Uh, Satan, Satan's out to destroy you, Peter. And Peter did... Sometimes, and I'm so guilty of this often, um, he would speak before he thought <laughs> sometimes. And, uh, but we can see also in a positive way that God can really work with somebody that repents and somebody that is sincere, that's striving to be authentic, striving to have that relationship with Christ. What else do we think about Peter? What do we know when you, when you look at the life of Peter? Uh, yes. Well, there was a the time when he um, got a boat and walked to Jesus and took his eyes off Jesus. Well, as it was, when he was looking at Jesus, he was walking on the water and it didn't, didn't bother him. When he took his eyes off Jesus and he realized I'm walking on water, he, his faith wasn't what it should be and he started to sing. So that's, a, I think, something that he did that he also looked to. I think so too. You know, I've, I, you know, reading that text so many times in my life about Peter getting out of the boat, uh, walking on water, the first thing I've always thought, at least he got out of the boat. <laughs> I mean, who would get out of the boat? 
Raise your hand. I mean, the storm's tossing and the, you know, they think they're going to die. And you see Jesus walking in the water and, and Peter at least got out of the boat. He did. But he realized too when he began to sink. Very, very good point. So I think all these things when we look at Peter in his life, and we, he's the author. I think we see why he emphasizes probably more than any other New Testament book in my view to be sober, to be careful, to be vigilant, to be really careful because Satan is uh, here to destroy us, uh, not to help us, but to destroy us. What else about Peter? Anything else? Anybody else? Uh, Peter. I, think, I just think that's good to look at his life and he wrote this. The second question I want us to ask, we're going to spend a lot of time on the last one. Uh, uh, when, he, when he says in our text tonight uh, to be sober-minded, how would you define sober-minded? After warning us, of course, that um, Satan is desiring to destroy us and roaming to and fro the earth as a roaring lion to devour us. I mean, how, how do you define sober-minded? Yes, sir. In this case, I think he's talking about self-control. I, I think it's very much so. Uh, why is it important to have self-control? <laughs> we know the answer, don't we? I, I don't think we, I don't have to ask that question. We know that, don't we? And so, when knowing the enemy, knowing what Satan is desiring to do, knowing what Satan can do, and the power that he has, that God has given him, and he really can find him right to, every creation has limitations, right, from God, and he's defined to the earth here, I mean, and uh, just waiting to attack, waiting for weak moments in our, in our lives, et cetera, et cetera, uses many tools, we're going to look at these next few weeks to understand some of these tools, but sober-minded, that's the first thing he says, be Sober-minded, self-control, sober, thoughtful. <laughs> uh, and then the second thing he says, yes, go ahead. So these two words put together for me, one is an offensive word, one is a defensive word. Yes. I think sober-minded is an offensive word. It's, it's having a vision toward working towards something like mm -hmm. goal and staying, and staying focused on that goal that's being sober-minded. Being watchful is more defensive, looking out for things that might detract me or make me deviate from staying on that path. <laughs> so I'm, I've got an offensive, what Peter provides here is an offensive perspective, having a vision and sticking to it, seeing the long term, looking past, yes. as Paul says in 2 Corinthians, looking past the current trivial pursuits and seeing the long term, the unseen, watchful is like looking around me defensively, um, avoiding things that would keep me from staying on that path. That's exactly right. Any comments on that? I, I love that comment. Thank you for that. Um, that's exactly what Paul is saying. The, uh, especially, you know, the, to be watchful. That's sort of what we're really the intent of us that are leading this class is wanting us to see, to be watchful, to be careful. Don't put yourself, uh, I got a whole bunch of notes, don't put yourself in situations that, that, uh, that, that cause you to sin. Uh, you know, if you're on a diet, don't go to Dunkin' Donuts. I, that's a, I don't know how to, more layman to put it <laughs> than that. I mean, don't, don't go if you're trying to, to live healthy. I mean, and on and on. So, it's very, very, very important to Peter and to us as God's people to be sober, 
to be watchful. Um, and he tells us why. And once again, not to be repetitious, but he says why. Look at the text again. He says, because your adversary. You know, I've heard many times Satan is a real threat. He's, he's more than a threat. <laughs> he's much more than a threat. Look at look the havoc that he's caused since the Garden of Eden. I mean, <laughs> look. Look at the lives that's been destroyed because of sin. Look at the people that's died. Uh, the people that's suffered. Uh, physically, can I say, as well. <laughs> since the Garden of Eden. I mean, just look at all the calamity. I mean, I mean, look around us today. I mean, it doesn't take us very long to, to realize, hey, Satan is really alive and well. Uh, I had a friend tell me last week, Chad, I think this is the worst that the world has ever been in. I said, well, you know, I remember the when days of Noah, that <laughs> every thought, every, every imagination of man was continually evil. It's always been evil. Sin has always been since the Garden of Eden. And Eve sinned with the help of, <laughs> you know, and somehow we, we, we have this sometimes in our minds that conjure up that Satan looks, he's red, he has horns, he has all these things. And, and Peter says, listen, th this, is, this is a major, major, major enemy of us. And he comes in different forms. <laughs> he comes in different, in different places. He has people that help him. He's not alone. We see that from Scripture. And he's, he's, he's going to do whatever he has to do at the opportune time to get us away from God. And I'm afraid he's very successful at that in many times, isn't he? Even Paul said, remember Romans 7, I know to do good, but what? I don't do it, <laughs> and on and on. He goes, he's conflict. We all have those struggles. But we need that resolve, too. We need to be sober-minded. We need to be watchful and understand the fact that Satan is doing all he can to destroy us. Comments or questions? I want to look at our next question here. Any comments on that? I know some of these things. We know these things. And the Scripture tells us these things. And uh, you and I, have like, I, we've read those things many times, but it's very important to make it practical to realize, hey, we, we better be on our guard, and we better be real careful. Um, associations, and we go on and on of uh, how Satan uses so many devices and tools to get us to leave God. Yes, sir? Chad, this idea of being watchful, of being a sentinel, is not just for elders. It is responsibility of elders, but it's responsibility of all of us to look out for each other. So it's not just being watchful and having the clarity to be so minded to discern the good from the wrong um, for ourselves, but also for, for others. And we've got to have uh, the courage, as Peter had, the proactiveness be able to sound the well, I think, I think, you know, again, that's why I asked the question, how do, you, how do you put some of the personal things that Peter went through with what he's writing here? And, and if you just, I mean, all of us, 
As we get older in the faith, we should be stronger in the faith, closer to God, more in love with God. And we, we look back, I know I do in my life, so, wow, I've, I really, that was so stupid of me <laughs> to make that mistake. And, and hopefully we learn, right? Hopefully we learn from the mistakes and, uh, that we've made in the past. And uh, we're not defined by failures, we're defined by Christ. So that's a very good point. I know he talks, and I, I've... I've seen many commentaries these past month or two that in the context of elders and shepherds, because he, he switches, he talks about elders to be careful and watch the flock and all those things, beginning um, exhort elders, verse 1 in chapter 5. But I, I think the advice, as you state, is very, very prudent that we, uh, that we take it as God's people, all of us, be very, very careful about that. Comments, questions? Let's look at the next question here. I want to spend a lot of time on the next one here. Uh, what should be our defense and response to Satan? We know he's the enemy. We know he wants to destroy us. We see the lives that he destroyed. We see the havoc, to be honest, if we're really honest, that he's causing our lives. That we've allowed temptation. We've fallen into temptation. We've given into temptations. And I have a thing in my notes tonight. There's no such thing as the devil made me do it. I've heard that my whole life. <laughs> the devil doesn't make you do anything, does he? He tempts us. If temptation is a sin, then Jesus sinned. But he didn't, did he? Temptation is not a sin. It's giving in to those not having the self-control, sober, and it's giving in to not being watchful and conscious about our relationship with God. That should be the most important thing as God's people, as the followers and disciples of Christ. So, so why should our defense be to Satan? But what are we going to do about it? I mean, what, uh, what are we going to do? What, what, what should be our defense? We know I have, there's many passages we can look at tonight, but what, what should be our defense? What are we going to do? We're God's people. We're here on this earth. We have a, somebody that's a roaring lion going to destroy us, trying to destroy us. What are we to do? Yes. Well, like you were saying, he would, Satan tempted Jesus. And what was Jesus' response? He always quoted the Bible. And so that's our response. It is written. We have to know what the Bible says. We have to study our Bible. We have to be in the Word. That's how we, that's our defense. That's is there any other substitution? Really, there isn't, is there? Is there any other alternative than for us to know God's Word and to dwell upon it and, and meditate upon it? I mean, how often do we, how often are we in the Word? We're, we're here tonight. I mean, that, it's a choice that we've all made to be here tonight, to study what? God's Word, to strengthen ourselves, to be more dedicated, more faithful, uh, to challenge ourselves with the Word of God. So I don't know any substitution except to get into the Word and fall in love with God more, as Barry states so often, which, which has helped me immensely. To, that's what it's for. That's Genesis to Revelation. God loves us. God doesn't want us to succumb, uh, succumb to uh, the lion. He doesn't want us to spend an eternity in a lake of fire, gnashing of teeth, darkness. He wants us to spend eternity with him. That's all. That, that's, that's the Bible. Com way too much. Comments. Well, what else should it be our defense? We have the word. No substitution for that. What else would you think would be a defense? Yes, ma'am. Well, when we realize that we're being tempted... Several times, the scripture says, flee, flee, flee. So you got to turn around and run away. You can't, you can't hang around. You can't meditate upon it, think about it. Uh, Joseph, 
great example, Old Testament, when Potiphar's wife basically threw herself on him, what did he do? What did he do? He ran. And she even had his coat in her hands. I mean, you, I just picture that. He just ran out of that house. <laughs> of course, he's false. We know the story of Joseph. That's one example. One example. And there's many others in Scripture. And today we can look at. In my life, let's be blunt and honest. In my life and your life, the times that we give into temptation, the times we ponder about it, or we can handle it. I've heard people, oh, I'm strong enough. No, no, you're not. <laughs> no, you're not. So, very good point. Yes, ma'am. There's another defense I think we have. No substitute for the word. When we're tempted, how we react to temptation. Jesus, we're going to see, spend the rest of our time in his response. And the six times, I count it, six times in the New Testament that he mentioned Satan, we're going to look at. Yes, yes, sir. We're talking about Ephesians 6. With the full armor of God, can you imagine? Can you imagine the? Uh, uh, it's on the news, of course, every day in uh, in um, with Russia and Ukraine. Can you imagine the Ukrainian soldiers going out there with nothing on them? I mean, just their clothes. I mean, that's foolish. I mean, that's not logical. It isn't. <laughs> there's no way to, to fantom that. I mean, it'd be stupidity. They would be destroyed. And we're the same way, as, spiritually speaking. If, if we try to solve problems by ourselves, if we, and the, the, the other point I was really looking for tonight is, is the community that we have. Is that not a defense? Is it not easier to be a disciple of Christ when we're together? When we're constantly thinking of serving and being with each other, the family of God, uh, the, the spiritual support group that we all are, I mean, um, I think that's vital too, that relationships that we should have. And those that aren't connected, that don't have relationships by choice in the body of Christ, I've never seen that person yet endure, finish the course. I've, have, I've never seen that. I've seen people distance themselves think they have no problem, that's the first problem, <laughs> that you think you don't have a problem, and I can do it by myself. Well, that's not the way God intended it. That's not how he set it up. And Satan loves that, and he loves you to think that way. He loves to discourage. He loves, he loves to put these things in our mind that, you know, that uh, I'm nobody here, and, uh, well, I don't need him. I can do it by myself, or I can do whatever I want to. I don't have to listen to the passages of Scripture. I can do what I want. Well, Satan loves that. And it's a sure way to be defeated. So, defensive response. Anybody else? Before we look at the... Yes, sir. I don't think you fully brought it out, but uh, Jesus was very stern. He didn't say, let's put a standard in the wilderness. He would have the same behind him, but sternly. It sounds like Jesus has some confidence. <laughs> Should not we? Should not we? Shouldn't we? So the, this, what, what lesson can we learn from Jesus and his responses to Satan? That's what we, you just mentioned. I mean, well, what, 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 what can we learn? There's no better teacher than God. How did God deal with Satan? 
And as you said, it was forcibly, it was boldly, courageously. Uh, Jesus knew who he was. Jesus knew what his mission was. Do you hear that? <laughs> we need to do that too. We need to be that same heart and frame of mind. Yes, sir. I think the two words you're looking for is self-control. Sober-minded. Jesus, Jesus had it all the way through. He knew what he was doing. He had some times when he got excited, but he had self-control over everything he did. Was he not tempted as we are? And yes, and if we read right here, it says the devil's running around. He's not showing control. He's jumping at you and yelling at you. You have self-control, and you will stop a lot of that. Very good. That's exactly right. So uh, there's, I don't have it on the slide, I don't believe, tonight, but there's six times that I record, that I have rather, that Jesus talked about Satan. And what, uh, I, don't, I don't have these on the screen, but the first one was in Matthew 4.10 when he was tempted in the garden, I mean when he was tempted rather, uh, in the wilderness. And uh, the three times he was tempted, right? And... Why, what, was, what was Jesus' response? Get behind me, what? Satan. <laughs> Get behind me. Now, I know you're going to think I'm a little off my rocker a little bit. Some of you are, I know that, think that. But I've done that out loud before. I have. Not in a public setting. <laughs> but in my, in, when I'm alone when I'm tempted to do something or think of something that's, that's negative, et cetera, I, I say it verbally. It helps me, whatever helps me. <laughs> Get behind me Satan. you're not going to win this today. I'm not going to give in today. You're not going to win. And that's the resolve and attitude. Of course, this is God in the flesh, though, being tempted. I mean, if you haven't ate for 40 days... I mean, Satan knew what? What did Satan know? What did he know about Jesus at this time he tempted him? He knew exactly where to attack, didn't he? He knew exactly what to say. I was just going to say that, that, that your temptations are personal. So he knew that Jesus was hungry and he tempted him in that way. He knows our personal, you know, our personal, whatever you want to call it, what we have that, uh, that tempts us. What tempts me may not tempt you and vice versa. That's right. So, you know, those kinds of things, we have to remember that he knows us, he knows what our personal temptations might be. So we have to be, when we talk about being vigilant, we have to be vigilant in that you know what your, what your weaknesses are so that you can be on guard. You don't want to walk around, you know, they always say, when you're going out to your car, it's night. Don't look at your phone. Be aware of your surroundings. Be aware of what's going on around you. So be aware. Same spiritually. Yeah. The same thing. Spiritually. I don't know if you heard that, but just be aware of your surroundings. Be conscious. Conscious of that. And Satan knew exactly where to attack Jesus. And I've got news for all of us tonight. He knows where to attack us too. And where you're weak, you know, I've never had a desire to, to do any drugs. I just never, it hasn't been my temptation, but a lot of people have destroyed their lives by choosing, making a bad choice of that. Uh, I've never drank alcohol. That's never <laughs> tempted me. But some people I know personally that has destroyed their lives and their marriages and et cetera, et cetera, because of the alcohol that gives them a temporary reprieve 
from the stresses of life, that has drunkenness. We see, I mean, all through Scripture. And you would think that we would read the Scriptures and read the, the individuals that have suffered so much because of the help of Satan that we would learn from that, that we would say, hey, I don't want to be in that situation like that. I don't want to be uh, to have those stresses and, and heartaches in my life because I've sinned. Now, Peter talked about suffering here, the physical suffering that they're going to be going through. He says that Satan's behind that. <laughs> when Job was tempted, remember? Job and, and uh, God said, have you considered my servant Job? First of all, he asked Satan what? He says, where have you been? Doesn't he? <laughs> and he, what did Satan say to him? Of course, God knew that answer. He says, I'm going what? To and fro <laughs> on the earth. Waiting for opportunities. Seeking opportunities. Yeah, how about your servant, my servant Job? Have you considered him upright, blameless? You know, and we see the temptations and the trials that Job experienced. I'm convicted because of Satan. <laughs> so, um, another passage. Uh, John 8.44 Look at that passage real quick. John 8, 44. I apologize, I don't have it on the screen. And Jesus was talking about uh, Satan in this text as well. Verse uh, 44, rather. 8, verse 44. And he says, clearly says, you... I mean, <laughs> this is, this is a, talking about indictment. He says, you are the father, you are of your father the devil. And your will is to do your father's desires. Now listen to this. He was a murderer from, from when? The beginning. And he does not stand in truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character for he is a liar. I mean, <laughs> and the father of lies. I don't know, I don't know, I mean, <laughs> to have God tell me that my father's the devil, <laughs> you know, I don't know, I don't know uh, a larger indictment than that from God. Now, I don't know anybody I've ever talked to in my life that I can remember that told me that Satan was their father. <laughs> Have you? I haven't. Nobody's ever said that. And I've never had anybody say, you know, hey, it's my will to do Satan's desires. I never heard anybody say I'm a follower of Satan. I've never heard anybody physically ever say that. I'm a follower of Satan. No. But I've sure seen a lot of people behave that way. And that's what Jesus is talking about here in this text in John about their heart and how they've gotten so far away from the truth. And they believed, they believe what Satan says. That was Eve's problem, wasn't it? <laughs> that was her problem. Mark chapter 5 real quick. Mark chapter 5. We run out of time quick here. Mark chapter 5, the third thing, the third time that Jesus speaks of Satan in verses uh, 7 and 8 of Mark chapter 5, and he says in this text, um, 
And crying out with a loud voice, he said, What do you have to do with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I adjure you by God, do not torment me. For he was saying to him, Come out of the man, you unclean spirit. And Jesus asked him his name. And we know the story for the second time. It was legion, which means many. So uh, I think Jesus is referencing Satan here. Do you? I think so. Uh, it's not just, again, Satan doesn't work by himself. He has a lot of helpers, <laughs> a lot of aid, a lot of individuals. I think that's one. In Luke chapter 10, that's a powerful quick. This is the fourth one in Luke chapter 10 that Jesus is talking about Satan. And again, that these things help us, I think, understand how, what Jesus' response is and how we are to be. In verses seven, chapter 10, verses 17, uh, Jesus says, um, let's see if I got that right, uh, Luke 10, 17 and 19. Does somebody have that to read it quick? Then the 70 returned with yeah. joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. Yes, yes. And, and he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. So what do we learn about Satan in this passage? What do we learn? What do you know about Satan? And I, I, I don't know if I, I think I told you a few weeks ago, I found 30 different names of Satan. <laughs> so, uh, Beelzebub, the devil, enemy, evil spirit, father lies, God of this world, the great red dragon, liar, Lucifer, serpent. We can go on and on uh, here tonight. Prince of this world. So, uh, what, how, did, how did Jesus, um, what did we learn about Satan? We learned something about him, don't we, here? Yes. Yes. And the, who knows the scripture? I, hate, I, hate, I don't want to phrase it this way. Who knows God's word sometimes better than us? Who? Satan. Satan. <laughs> he does. The twisted. Yes, sir. Standing firm in faith, I think, is meant to be is remembering what we're rooted in. Like, what we believe about what was accomplished by Jesus on the cross. So, it's, of course, we can defeat Satan by resisting him, but Christ has ultimately defeated him. That's right. So, to give in to temptation is um, essentially to pledge your allegiance to the, the losing team. Uh, and, um, I like that. Yeah, it's a silly thing to do. If we can't pledge our allegiance to the losing team. <laughs> we're, no, we're, we're winners. God has won this war for us. We're just in the battle right now. And Satan has just a short time to, to do what he can to, to get us to miss heaven. And that, yes, sir. Back on the point, it really comes down to soberly realizing the love of God. And the love of God, which was manifested in the cross. And if we really think about that, then it should cause us to not want to sin, to be able to overcome temptation, realizing that as Satan tempted Jesus on the mountaintop, you can have all this. No, 
The older I get, the, the hopefully more deeper my faith, the more I fall in love with God more, the, the, every day I, when I study a passage, I just, turn, I just pray that I just turn to passages. I, know <laughs> I just turn and I reflect upon it and read it. The more I realize that, uh, that I, I should sin less, shouldn't I? As I get older, as I get more mature in the faith, it, you know, I should, I should be more, again, I should use this word often, like conscious about the surroundings, conscious of Satan. And, and I'm just, I, I have that determination to be blunt. And I know you, we should as God's people, as you said, Jacob. We need that determination that, you know, I, it's going to be hard. This, God didn't promise us an easy life here on this earth. But the things we go through, the trials we go through, uh, bring us closer to God. Uh, and I'm determined not to allow Satan to win. I'm determined. Uh, Satan is not going to win. Uh, he's not going to be victorious in my life. It's a choice. As Joshua said, choose you this day whom you will serve. But for me, I can't answer for you. And you can't answer for me. And I can't answer for you. But for me, I choose God. Because I love him, because what he's done for me. Uh, there's no better life. Uh, one more, let's look at one more, Matthew 25, quickly, as we close here. Wow. Matthew 25, verses 41. Um, wow. Then he will say to those on his left, this is God speaking, Depart from me, you curse, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil. And who else? What's it say? The devil and what? His angels. I was hungry. We know the passage. I was a stranger. You didn't feed me naked, etc., etc. And then he's going to say to them in verse 45, Truly I will say to you, you did not do it for the least of these. Uh, you did not do it to me. And these will go into, away into... And we don't like to talk about this very much. I mean, this, this is very dark. Eternal judgment. But the righteous and the eternal life. I don't know of a greater tragedy, we have a lot of them in this world today, than to somebody lose their soul. <laughs> I mean, I just don't. I just don't. Uh, comments or questions on Matthew 25. And then the last one is Matthew, I'm sorry, Matthew 4, 7, which I think we referenced this a little bit ago, and um, the, the uh, temptation. And that's, that's the six times, unless you know of any others, that Jesus talks about Satan in the New Testament. And that's Matthew 4, uh, verse 7. Verse 7. And he says, he says, other seed, uh, hope I got that right. Did I do that right? Matthew, uh, Matthew 4, 7. Some, I'm sorry. Matthew 4. Did I say that? Matthew 4. Somebody read that for me. If you would. Matthew 4, 7. Jesus answered him, it is also written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I say, all this I will give you, he said, if you bow down and worship me. 
Jesus said to him, Away from me, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God only and serve him. I like that. Get away from me. You hear what he said? Get away. <laughs> Stop. Stop this. You know, Verse 11 is really good too because it says, Then the devil left him and the angels came and attended him. <laughs> is there a temptation that we cannot endure? There isn't, is there? That's a, that's a loaded question, isn't it? Is there really? No. No. Sober minded, watchful. <laughs> Sober-minded, watchful, on and on, Peter goes. I want to go back to our text and ask a few questions here. Let's go back quick and look at our text quickly. And um, when he says, firm in your faith, we can't forget that. Sir, you talked about the armor of God. He said, resisting, resisting, tell him no. What, What did Eve do? This is my last point. <laughs> well, what did Eve do that was wrong in the Garden of Eden when the serpent came to her? Tell me what she did wrong. Looking back, we have hindsight. <laughs> we, can, we, can, we see from Scripture, what did she do wrong? And I think this would help us. <laughs> That's the first problem. Okay. Uh, she carried on a conversation. But did she really know? She didn't know really the serpent, did she? I mean, she didn't know. There was no evil then, right? Of course, Satan in the garden. They hadn't sinned, right? Before, everything was glorious. And God took care of all of them, except her and Adam. But what else did she do wrong? She believed the lie. She believed the lie. Jesus just said what? He's the father of lie. Hey, if you eat of this fruit, you'd be What? He's not telling you the truth. He's, he's keeping it from you. Your, your eyes will be, will just be like him. Just to see of it. And enticed her, didn't it? Enticed her. What did Adam do wrong? Listen to his wife. No, I, I didn't say that. <laughs> but what did he do wrong? He did the same thing, didn't he? He listened to her. He sinned too. He tried to watch. God says, where you been, Adam. And Adam says, what? Well, it says, this, well, what did you do? And God said, I'm paraphrasing, of course. And, and Adam said, what? It's the, the woman. woman. <laughs> you see how we deflect and we make excuses, and it's everybody's fault except mine. I had an hour conversation with somebody today. I said, listen, the only, change, the only thing you can do is change yourself. Isn't it? Change yourself. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, as Paul says. So I think this is very important to resist him. Stand firm in your faith. We know who we are. We know, we know the victories ours. And, it, it, and one more point. It, it helps me personally when I realize that this is just a short time. It's, it's temporary. Whatever we're going through is temporary. Then we'll, then we'll be at rest for eternity. Enjoy the heaven and the glory of God and being with God and all the, the blessings. I sure don't want the alternative, as Jesus said here in Matthew 7. Comments, questions? I appreciate your comments. I appreciate uh, your, uh, your studying uh, this with us. And uh, we're going to look at some more aspects of our adversary. Uh, that he's in a fight with us to win. Uh, it's not a threat. Um, He's definitely that roaring lion. He is. Definitely.
I'm grateful. Let's bow in a word of prayer quickly. Father, we thank you for uh, our faith that we can have through the death and burial and resurrection of your son, Jesus. Help us to be faithful. Help us to be sober-minded. Help us to be watchful. Help us to understand the threat that Satan is. But also help us to remember how much we love you. And you can help us, Father. And you do help us to get through these temptations that we have. Help us, Father, to look at the big picture. Help us, Father, to keep our eyes and minds and hearts centered upon the cross of Jesus. We're thankful for each other and the support that we have. We're just grateful, Father, for you. We pray, pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you.